You are more than enough. Mindset matters for abundance. Are you ready to change your mindset and welcome abundance into your life? In this video, co-authors Mariah and Byron Edgington will discuss the power of your mindset and how it helps shape your experiences. Journey Well, You Are More Than Enough, Mindset Matters is a book that provides tools and strategies to help you shift from a mindset of lack to one of abundance. Abundance is more than just monetary wealth. It's a mindset that allows you to see opportunities all around you and to feel fulfilled in all areas of your life. But without the right mindset, abundance seems out of reach. In this video, we'll explore the importance of choice and how a positive mindset can help you make better choices in life. We'll also share the I am exercise, a powerful tool that can help you reprogram your subconscious mind and attract positivity and abundance into your life. Join us on this journey with Mariah and Byron Edgington and start living a life of abundance today. I welcome you to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, and you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast, and my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. I'm so excited to introduce our two guests today. Mariah and Byron Edgington are dynamic speakers who will enliven and transform an audience. As a critical care nurse in the ICU, ER, and flight nurse, Mariah cared for thousands of patients for more than 35 years. Byron flew both military and commercial helicopters. As a rescue air medical pilot, he flew 3,200 missions lifting people when they most needed his expertise. Mariah and Byron's astonishing personal stories amaze, often amuse, and always inspire audiences. I'm so pleased to welcome them here on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Please help me welcome Mariah and Byron. 
Hi, April. Thank you so much for having us. Yes. Oh, my thanks. pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. We really, it's just great being with you. Great. Yes. Well, I have had the pleasure of meeting you both in person. And it was such a pleasure and an honor to see you both and, you know, talk on stage and then be able to answer questions for the audience. And you're such a dynamic duo. And so it was, it was a great opportunity to invite you here on the show. Well, yeah. thank you. It's wonderful to be here. And uh, I, as we were saying, while you're introducing the show, first of all, it's a great trailer. That's amazing. Good work. And Thank you. Wait till you see the outro. Oh, yeah, that's great. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> but we're just really looking forward to this. This will be fun. It will be fun. So let's get started. Why don't you share with the audience a little bit about you? I didn't go too deep into your guys' biographies, so I wanted to give the opportunity for you to share. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. I guess I'll start. Um, as you mentioned, I was a military and commercial helicopter pilot for many, many, many years. And that explains the hearing aids. <laughs> but it also explains where our our mantra came from. We feel like we have a mandate to elevate other people. And that came from our past our careers because we both were involved in careers that allowed us, gave us the opportunity and the honor, quite frankly, to lift people up. And we decided to keep doing that in retirement because we really enjoyed doing it and we were pretty darn good at it. So that's where that came from. So, and you literally and figuratively have lifted so many people up within your lifetime. Yeah, that's true. And it's interesting because this mandate to elevate came about during the pandemic, April. Mm -hmm. We were retired and living in Columbia, South America when this occurred, the tragedy of the whole entire yeah. world. Yeah. And my mother, who was 89 at the time, lived alone. And we decided that she was going to be isolated. So we gave up that life and moved to where her hometown was. And then she lived with us. And we all became a community. And mm -hmm. we realized that because of that, we felt like we had an obligation to lift people up. I got on LinkedIn and found a real solid community and they were very supportive of the message, which was you are more than enough and mm -hmm. live your life to elevate others and own your value. And it was a very simple message. It was something that I was familiar with for years because as a nurse, and practicing with holistic therapies, I always encouraged people and knew that every time we elevated ourselves, we would elevate others as well. And our, our entire yeah. well-being and wellness improved because of it. And so that's how the book series started with Journey While You Are More Than Enough, Rediscover Your Passion, Purpose, and Love of Yourself and Life. And we found that so many people we're really needing that message. And we went on then to write the second book. It's yeah. a series. It's a series. Here's the second book. And it's right Mindset here. Matters. And, and the reason that your mindset matters is because we know so many things happen in our lives that can bring us down. And so we try to bring other people up. Yes. Indeed. Oh, that, that was fabulous how you guys, you know, put that in there and, 
lift people up, elevate people. That's a, that's very common lingo. I think what I'd love to touch on is I came from the first responder field as well. Uh, yeah. So I feel so often when you're called to positions like that, you really truly do want to come from this extreme servitude mentality and, and you want to give back. And I think that sometimes when we enter those fields, you see the worst of the worst, right? And and you deal with the worst and you, and, you know, you have to really learn how to have that emotional intelligence and, you know, tune into that be so you can really keep serving, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, and I have to tell you right up front, we flew and we worked with EMTs and EMTPs a lot. So thank you and for your yeah, service. So thank you for doing that because thank you for you. Yeah, yeah. they are just, they are amazing people. Mm -hmm. So I have nothing but respect for those folks. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of elevating people, that's what they do too. Yeah, absolutely. You still do that? No, not anymore. That's my past life. And mm -hmm. so now I serve in another way. And that's here on this platform. I love being able to share people's stories of resilience. You know, I have a lot of stories of resilience of my own, such as yourselves. And I think that really can help empower, you know, and, and when you're always seeking ways to give back and to continue that service, you know, it can come out in lots of different ways. And this I found was one of the best ways to do it. Sure. <laughs> that is sure. so true. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your experiences and how you met, because you guys have a very deep connection, you know, in the way that you found each other and the way that you met. Let's go into that story a little bit. Well, it's interesting. We knew each other for many, many years because I worked in a small rural hospital and Byron with the crew, with the air medical crew would fly into my rural hospital. It happened that then many years later, I started working at that larger hospital too. And so when we got together and realized we both had that same kind of giving spirit and knew that we wanted to be able to give back in different ways. And now, many years later, after we've been married for how long? I forever. I think it was 277 months. <laughs> we celebrate before yesterday every month. We celebrate every month. Yeah. Because we feel that the relationship that we've created really is worth celebrating every mm -hmm. month. And we encourage people to do the same. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I agree. So you guys met i mean this has been a really long journey for for you guys hasn't it yeah kind of you could say that because you know but it is where we met we met uh fly i used to fly mariah around because she was in neonatal transport not and, every and, woman can say that byron yeah, that's true <laughs> or, you know my husband used to fly me around <laughs> well, you know, geez, I mean, it was a great date, I guess you could say. But that's funny. You know, but I used to fly her around. We uh, used to fly around uh, looking for, you know, for preemies <laughs> and for sick babies to to rescue and and finding them. Yeah. And uh, we flew them back to the big hospital. And I have to tell you, she is an amazing nurse. I think she could probably pick it up today and take over again, start doing it again. Yeah. Oh, I, I wouldn't doubt it for a second. I yeah. think that 
when it's so ingrained and, and when it's something that you do and you're passionate about, you know, when you have the combination of that, it's, it's a powerful force. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you, you literally swept her off of her feet and <laughs> what a, you know, exciting and engaging, you know, things that you guys were able to do with each other, you know? So, so you really had this, and I keep wanting to say elevated. Um, that's so funny. You guys had a, a lot of fun together. Yeah, it's true. And it's interesting, April, when you say that, and Byron was mentioning my nursing skill, there were a lot of times when we were writing this book to get these books together, where I would just say, oh my goodness, putting an IV in a baby was easier mm -hmm. than writing this book, sure. <laughs> sitting sure. there and devoting mm -hmm. the time and attention mm -hmm. to getting the words right and making sure <laughs> that you really got your message to people so it would resonate with yeah. them and people would know. If I may interject a story here about just how that impacts people. As yeah. I was writing on LinkedIn one time, and we put this also in the book, yeah. I had a time where I said, reach out to somebody that you know. Now this was during the pandemic and everybody was shut in. And I instructed people, to go ahead and reach out, whether you texted somebody, you called them, or you wrote them a letter that they would pull out of their mailbox and open up. Once they read the note from you, if they weren't expecting it, that just said something simple, like I'm thinking of you and I wanted you to know you came to my mind today. I had, after I wrote that post, and I had so many people respond back, but someone sent me a direct message and said, they had done that and the person they interjected this message to wrote them back and said i was thinking of taking my life because i didn't think anyone cared oh yeah, yeah and i thought you know these are these are simple things yeah. and if i can help somebody in that way by saying simple small instructions mm -hmm. Try this and see how that works for you. Even though you feel uncomfortable, sometimes we get this intuition and you know the intuition being in the medical profession, there's some kind of unusual intuition we have. Everybody has that, but we hesitate to act on it because yeah. we think, oh, they'd think I was stupid or, oh, that's silly. I don't know why I thought of them. Act on it. Do it. Do Reach it. Yeah. out and touch that person, mm -hmm. whether it's through a text message mm -hmm. or an email <clears throat> or a phone call. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and especially, you know, that we've gone through COVID and, you know, the entire world has experienced, you know, this very um, challenging period throughout history. And I think that um, mental health is on the rise. And even as we step into May, this is the month that right. you know, people... It's, it's a little bit more on the awareness, but I think it's on the awareness regardless, because it, it is something that um, needs to be spoke about, talked about, you know, and encouraged for doing exactly what you just said, reaching out, you know, don't feel odd or, or embarrassed, but just say something. What is the harm mm -hmm. in, in doing that? And you might just save a life. That's a very powerful story you just shared. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. And it was interesting because I thought for years and years and years, I saved people's lives. It was part of my job. I knew what to do and I was good at it. And I never thought that that little tiny action would be that profound. But it right. really, the whole community who I've shared this with and I've shared this story, 
it elevates people when I say that. And it's yeah. wonderful to know something that small mm -hmm. can make that kind of a difference. Yeah. Oh, very, I love very, that. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to bring in this comment. Um, Manly said, for your guys' story, it's definitely one of the coolest dating stories. <laughs> so, I agree with that, yeah. <laughs> um, so I wanted to make sure that I brought that in and shared it. And we'll move into one of our first commercials, and then we'll talk some more when we come back. Stay okay. tuned. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Hello, everyone. I am Kim Jacobs, the host of The Kim Jacobs Show, and you all know who's right here with me, Dr. Les Brown. How are you, Dr. Brown? I'm blessed and highly favored. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time you want to give yourself a competitive edge. If you got a message, you have some knowledge or experience, a story, or if you want to do something adventurous and exciting with your life that can increase your credibility, expose you to millions of people, I'm encouraging you to have your own talk show. I used to have a talk show. That one talk show catapulted me to another level. Now there are more people watching the internet, as you are aware, than television. Yes. Come on, somebody. That's right. Dr. Kim Jacobs, she trained people on how to have their own talk show. She will train you how to do that. And now with me working, partnering with her, now you have the combination of an audience, expansive audience. We have over 4 million people in all of our platforms and the coaching you need to grow your business, to grow your multi-level marketing organization, to draw more attention to yourself in this noisy economy. Go ahead, Kim. So in the training that I do, Les, I actually do a six-week training. It's one hour per week. And each week I meet with the individuals one-on-one, -on -one, we go through and we talk about all of the things that's necessary for a show to become a reality. We go from how to actually identify your focus area, what's going to be your ideal customer that's going to be tuning in. We'll talk about how to get guests, how to get sponsorship, how to go about getting your lighting, your branding, and your banners, and everything that you need to know. And guess what, Les? They right. own their own content at the end of the day. And that's exciting. Now, if you're ready to, to, to create a shift in your business and in your life and increase your cash flow, I want you to go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. It's right there on the screen. KimJacobsConsulting.com. 
You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No, opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to Kim Jacobs consulting.com. That's Kim Jacobs consulting.com. Did I say Kim Jacobs consulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching. And we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. That's my story. And that's Kim's story. And we're sticking to it. Bye for now. All right. And speaking of incredible coaches, I think you guys are doing some coaching and consulting along with your incredible books and your journal that goes along with your books. But I want to talk a little bit about relationships because mm -hmm. as we all know, you know, happiness, there's, there's a lot of key factors with the way that we intertwine with our relationships, right? And so you two have had some interesting uh, differentialities, correct, within your relationship. Yes, we have. And uh, <clears throat> we are a neurotypical and neurodivergent <laughs> couple. And what that means is that I'm just disgustingly normal, I guess. Mariah, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I'm not sure either. You know, at least I've been told that. Who knows? But yes, we have a lot of differences, a lot of neural differences <laughs> between us. And one of the interesting and let's say exciting parts of our relationship is navigating those differences. And it's been a real journey, but uh, we have really dug into it, and I think we're managing to do it pretty well. Yeah, and it, the nice thing is, is that we are able to share with other couples or other people yeah. about how relationships can just be expansive and live a life of abundance, even in spite of or because of differences. Mm -hmm. So once we learn to navigate our differences along our lives, because everybody has them, whether they are significant or whether we mask them, and that's unfortunate, yeah. but a lot of times we do mask things and we kind of pick and choose what we share and what we are holding back on. Mm -hmm. And when you get into a relationship that's, really solid like we have, we're able to navigate that in a much more safe way. So I'm sure that many people would want to have questions on this, right? So yeah. are you supposed to share everything, tell all? How do you guys do that and navigate with these extreme differences that you've encountered? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I should share with you part of because we just recently did a TEDx talk on this very topic. And one of the things we mentioned in there is that, uh, especially during a collaborative, like a creative endeavor, that's that's what really brings out the differences. <laughs> it sure does. And, and we have, yeah, I mean, and, and as we said in our talk, because of Mariah's laser focus, hey, should we do this? Let's do this. Okay, 
because of Mariah's laser focus due to her neurodivergence, helped us to write a beautiful book. Together. Together. <laughs> and we're still married. And we're still married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, you're right. It's not easy. And, but it uh, really requires a lot of patience. It requires with each other. And it requires some real courage because these differences are real. And they're not they're way beyond stylistic differences. Right. And I think that's a good point. We probably There's probably people here who aren't familiar with the terms neurotypical and neurodivergent. Yeah. Right. And neurotypical is what we look at and have research has shown that uh, overall majority of the population, even up to 80% of people fall into that neurotypical yeah. framework, which means that their brain functions in ways that is what society considers normal. And then the other 20% of us ish are what we call neurodivergent. That is people who are on the autism spectrum, ADHD, dyslexia, dyscalculia, dysgraphia, yeah. and a few other things fall into the neurodivergent area. And that's what I am. I've been able to be highly successful and I learned very late that the reason I was critical of myself and had imposter syndrome was because I just didn't realize this person I am was very, very qualified, was highly successful. And mm -hmm. for years, I beat myself up with my inner critic and my imposter. Mm -hmm. Now I know, and I look back at that woman who was so competent, could walk mm -hmm. into a hospital, take care of a micro preemie to some little children and be very successful in that field. And I think, wow, what an amazing person that was. Yeah. But it took me many, many years and a lot of study and change of my mindset. And once I was able to get those changes within me, I now am really an evangelist for this. I want to make sure that people know and understand that sometimes your brain may work differently than other people. And there are tools that you can use to overcome things that are happening in your head, your brain telling you negative things. And mm -hmm. you can go on and live a very successful life yeah. being kind to yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And what a powerful message that is to so many people, to everybody really, you know, because we're all different regardless. I mean, that's just a fact, right? But that's the beautiful thing is that we're all individual. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, regardless of societal standards, we each have you know, something that we're really good at yeah. and, and to look back and be proud of ourselves. That's the second thing that I thought was very powerful, you know, to notate. So understanding that we all have things that we're really, really good at and mm -hmm. to acknowledge that. And also that there are things, you know, in our past that we should be proud of. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we have to get, in fact, we discussed this to some extent in our TEDx talk. We have to get to the point where we stop considering these neurodivergences as abnormalities or something to medicate or mm. something to fix or dismiss. You know, we have to get to the point where we recognize those things and and use them for the, for the contribution that everybody can make because yeah. everybody has a gift that they have to share with the rest of us. Right. Byron, Byron, that's a very good point. And so I'm curious, you know, mm -hmm. Mariah, with your journey in this, 
you know, did you have periods where you medicated or they encouraged you to? So did you go that route? Did you go back and forth? Like what has been your experience with that? When I was first diagnosed with ADHD, and now I know that I'm also, I'm on the autism spectrum, but to own those things initially back in early, late, um, yeah, early 2000s, I was diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia, and I also have dyscalculia and dysgraphia. And I went ahead and went on, the generic of it is Ritalin. I went on Concerta, it's a extended release. Mm -hmm. And it was life-changing. It helped me focus like nothing before, but I never slept. Mm -hmm. And I was well, never hungry. Yeah. Uh, there, it's a medication that oddly enough, because the name of ADHD is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. It's a very big misnomer in my, mm -hmm. in my opinion, because I didn't really have the attention deficit or, and I don't consider it necessarily a disorder. So, and that's like anything in the medical world, right? April, we know that there are, there are diagnoses and definitions and yeah. that really just doesn't describe the whole person, but it was, in probably 2000, it was, I was probably on medications for maybe 10 years. And I started really heavily getting into holistic medication or medicine, holistic therapies. And, and those really helped me. So I, I'm a Reiki master. I do aromatherapy. I do many things around guided meditation and that kind of thing just helped me to be able to wean off of those medicines now, I'm not saying, and that's the other thing, we are not medical health professionals. No. We only speak on experiential. Yeah. And we know that what has worked for us mm -hmm. yeah. might not work for everybody. Yeah. And so that's why yeah. we just talk in the ways we know work for us and not professionally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to move over to you, Byron. Now, you know, you're being on the other side of this, right? Where you're the partner, you're the supporter. And while, you know, she's navigating in, in this arena where she's, you know, kind of experimenting on what works, what doesn't work, you know, how is that for you? What was your perspective? What worked for you to be the best support? And not only for her, but for yourself. Yeah, excellent question. And I'm sure there are a lot of couples who wrestle with this. Um, I guess a couple of responses to that. The first one, I've got to tell on myself a little bit, because until we really, very recently, until we started exploring these differences in depth and doing a lot of research and really owning this, um, I, was, I was pretty dismissive of certain aspects of Mariah's neurodivergence, like, like her intuition. She would say, I think this, fill in the blank, or I think that, or I think that's going to happen. And I would be fairly dismissive of that. I would say, well, hey, I don't think that's true. I don't think people, She, like, for example, she would say, I think I am like this. And I would say, no, that's not true. People don't think that about you. And, and just out of hand, dismiss it. And I needed to learn to really listen to her because what she was saying was true for her. Mm. And it's too easy to revert to that, the normal, what I call the, the fire hose of normalcy. It's too easy to do that. And so it's been a journey for both of us. The other side of this, the other response is that it's in some ways, 
it's been a real revelation to us because here, I'll go back to the TEDx speech, for example. Um, one of the traits that Mariah has, if I may tell on you, my love, <laughs> here, as we said in the talk, I learned to take my e-reader with me to the car mm -hmm. because Mariah went back inside three or four times every time before we could leave. And so I had my e-reader with me, like with War and Peace or something like that, <laughs> just until she was absolutely ready to go and then we'd leave. And so just little tiny things like that. So. Manly, are you listening? <laughs> oh, I think it's brilliant. And I and I love that, you know, really being able to, you know, un obviously know that you have differences, you're going to. And, yeah. you know, that's what makes us, you know, you know, the feminine and the masculine. And because we're different, that makes it this beautiful union, you know. And also, now that we know this, how can I still make myself happy and make my partner happy at the same time, you know? So sure. really learning those navigational pieces. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, Manly Wins is listening and he said, sounds like a well-prepared man and supportive. Getting there, getting there. <laughs> a work in progress. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, such, such a beautiful thing that you guys have done. Um, you know, and the fact that you've written the books together, yeah, that's that's a huge feat. Now, we go into a few things that you guys really pinpoint on um, within those. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of those are, you know, this abundance mindset, right, and choice. And also, whatever follows I am follows you. And so you talked a little bit about that, Byron, when you said that Mariah says I am. So let's talk a little bit about that first. What is an I am statement mean to you? Yeah, well, I I'm not going to steal her thunder because this is her favorite topic. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. And here's an interesting part on that. Because when I first started doing this, it was many, many years ago. I learned this from Louise Hay, where she talked about mirror work and looking at yourself and declaring mm -hmm. that you loved yourself. And honestly, I did it off and on for many years, but it never really sunk in the way I now teach it, which is I know that whatever follows, I am follows me. And so for years, my I am's were very negative and I would not say anything like that to anyone now. What I told myself and what I what followed I am for me was not what I would ever want to hear. And I don't anymore. And that was a training of my mind. So this mindset shift that I created is deliberate. And now what I train people is the same thing as what a dentist would say for dental hygiene. Do it mm -hmm. twice a day. Because mm -hmm. if you stop doing it, it doesn't work anymore. Right. It's the same thing for me. Being a neurodivergent person, I have found for me, that I must do these I am exercises and I made it through the alphabet. So mine looks like I am aware that my thoughts create my reality. I am brave. I am confident. I am determined. I am energized. And I have positive words that go through the entire alphabet that I've trained myself. If I wake up in the night and my brain is going on overdrive, I can revert right into those and it takes it back to, yeah. okay, I am these things. And I have, whether people say, oh, you've convinced yourself to do this or however they like to phrase it, 
I know that that's required for me, just like brushing my teeth is. And I do that. Now, the interesting thing for me, April, was I thought Byron should be doing it. I said, of course you need to do this. And he really was confused by that because he's neurotypical. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have these rambling thoughts like my brain does. And I'm not saying that every person who has rambling thoughts in their mind is neurodivergent. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is if you do have these rambling thoughts that tell yourself that are totally negative, that's your voice. Anything that goes on in here is your voice and you get to control it. So that is a choice. Yeah. It's definitely a choice. So if you thought that Byron should do it, um, you know, he either made the choice to do it or not, or he found maybe a different way to do it, you know, with the same end result. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, I've never, quite frankly, I've never had any real interaction with uh, imposter syndrome. And uh, maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. But whatever I have seen, in fact, again, going back to the TEDx talk, I keep referring to that, but there is a good example of that. And when I was a kid, I was 10 years old, and where we lived in Columbus, Ohio, and there was a, a TV station right in my backyard, right across the fence. And one afternoon, a helicopter landed in my backyard. And a guy, I'm going to give my age away here a little bit. And a guy got out of the helicopter, a guy named Van Johnson. He was a movie star. And he was going into the TV studio to do an interview. Anyway, I was absolutely mesmerized by that helicopter. (laughs) And I knew, looking at that pilot, I knew I could do it. There wasn't any question in my mind that I could do that. (laughs) And I ended up doing that. And so I guess my experience is quite different, in other words. Yeah. Yeah. And he never felt incompetent in the helicopter. He felt just as competent as the pilot he saw that day when he was 10 years old and he knew in his mind Mm -hmm. that yes he could do that and ever since he's just been very confident in his own yeah what a cool and beautiful story i don't think that many of us can say you know i've had a few people on on the show that have done it but you know It's, it's, I think it's more rare for people to really continue on that dream, you know, when they were children and they just knew what they wanted to do and they pursued it and they did it and they continue to do it. So I love that story. So I want to move into what does all of this have to do with abundance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get back to abundance. Yeah. Well, I guess I would start out just by simply pointing out that people who are your, your your audience and people who are hearing you in either video or audio or both, they have an abundance of wonderful technology, let's say. Yeah. Let's face it, 10 years ago, we wouldn't be doing this. Right. 20 for sure. 20 for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we believe, one of, the, one of our core beliefs is that we don't live in a zero-sum world. We live in a world where everybody can win because there's enough for everybody. And, and as soon as you think, if somebody else wins, I lose, that's a mindset uh, issue. And that's where our mindset thing is. We don't believe that. We believe because someone else wins, we can win as well. Everybody can. And that's a mindset issue. And that's, that's actually, that's where kind of this came from. Because 
mindset. In fact, here's an interesting thing about this, April. We started this book, the very first chapter. I don't know if you can see this on there or not. <laughs> Let me let me get you closer. Yeah. Abundance. Abundance is the very first chapter in this book. And the reason we did that, we did that on purpose because a, a reader's um, relationship to abundance is a determinant of their mindset. Depending on how you feel about abundance, that's your mindset. Oh, that's an interesting twist that I haven't, I don't think I've heard of somebody turn it around like that. Yeah. So that's very interesting. I like it. I've heard a lot about, you know, as an entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. What we're asking for, you know, for the monetary value exchange for our services is in accordance to our worth. So I've mm -hmm. heard that. So this is an interesting twist on that. I really like that. Can you say it again? Yeah. Of course. I mean, this we started this book. First chapter is about abundance. And our statement in there, in fact, I'll read it to you if you like. I mean, it's I would love that, of course. <laughs> and by the way, this uh, book has just, just gone to number one on Amazon. If Wonderful. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, thank you. So anyway, um, here it is. In a world that fills, seems filled with anger, violence, and lack, how you discern abundance is the best indicator of your mindset. And that's how we start the book. So. Yeah. And the nice thing is we know that we don't live in a world of lack unless we choose to. Yeah. So when we can start looking for the abundance right now, I'm confident that you have an abundance of air to breathe, just like I do. And people who are hearing this or seeing this they have an abundance of internet connectivity or some kind of electricity or most people have that are hearing this have clean water to drink yeah in the event that they are in a food shortage or having that kind of a problem there are resources for them to reach out to to have an abundance of help it's just tapping into that knowledge yeah. that we can that switch mindset, it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mariah, it sounds like you're very much moving into gratitude. And, you know, that's how we, we see the evidence, right? And that's how we have this mindset of abundance by really looking around us and observing and seeing all that there is to be grateful for. Now, I do have your journal, oh, gratitude yeah. journal. Thank you. Are you using it? Yes. And I love it because you really do um, hone in on that gratitude factor, which yeah. is key. And um, I asked you before, uh, both of you, if if you had a little um, Bob Proctor, you know, in, in your, your history, if you've educated yourself, because it reminded me a lot of, about that lingo. Um, I am so happy and grateful for, and I am so happy and grateful now that, and that's the act as if, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're able to hold that up. And April, it sounds like you know a little bit about that too. Can you tell me about your journey with that? 
Oh gosh, just from so much learning and research. And I, I'm definitely a life learner. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love going into this. So throughout my research, yeah, it is making those I am statements and having that gratitude piece and acting as if, and really learning how to switch that, that language and how you speak to yourself yeah. and then looking for that evidence. So one of my favorite things that I learned is to find the evidence throughout your day of, of the things that you're grateful for and the things that you start to create. So if I make a statement in the evening and I say, this is what I want to create in my life. And then the next day I seek out that evidence um, mm -hmm. and I see something that, that is showing that that's another piece in the direction of that thing that I want or that I'm desiring. So, you know, it's, it's really learning um, different ways to speak to yourself and opening up that positive mindset. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's it's so important. And you're so young to be able to do this at your age. Yeah, yeah. By the time you get Good to our you. age, I, you're going to be able to really have helped sure. and touched a lot of people's lives because of it. Oh, thank and you. that is a huge yeah. thing. So congratulations to yeah, you and right. Manly. I For think sure. that's awesome. Oh, thank you. Well, it doesn't go without having some of the worst struggles, right? I think that a yeah, lot of us, yeah. we don't, we don't go there or get to that point until we've, we've experienced traumas mm -hmm. and given us a reason to try to find the light, right? You have to have that dark and the light, the yin and the yang. Uh, and so that's just part of life. I think sure. the, the, you know, lower you go and, you know, the higher you bounce up too, yeah, yeah. you know, if you're just willing and open to mm -hmm. do the work. So yeah, we'll yeah. move into our second commercial. And then okay. when we get back, we'll keep the conversation going. Stay Great. tuned. Great. Thank you. Bella Grace means so many things to me. Um, I still remember being a young woman and having that name in my heart. And I also am a mother of two young girls now. I love more than anything to spend time with them. I wanted to do something that would be empowering, deliver amazing, proven products that work to the marketplace, but most importantly, give amazing opportunity to people all around the world. It truly is her passion. After over 25 years in the pharmaceutical medical world, I've dealt with lots of doctors, lots of chemists, lots of scientists. So when I saw all the double-blind clinical studies that validate and back up beyond a shadow of a doubt that have over 10 years of proven results. It's truly beauty from the inside out. We knew that we were going to be bringing a very disruptive force to the health and wellness world. And uh, that's exactly what we've done. We have exclusives to make sure that nobody can replicate or duplicate what we've brought to market. The amazing shine, the amazing plumpness, the hydration. It's as if you're watching magic happen right in front of your eyes. It's something you don't get with the most expensive products out there. We started interviewing influencers. We started interviewing influencer companies. So we thought, what if we could give them more? And that's exactly what we've given them is an influencer model, exactly what they wanted and expected, with an affiliate model built around it. They give you a platform to become an influencer. 
customer service, marketing department, manufacturer, the, the packaging, the people that are doing our software, the comp plan. Every single person here are literally experts in their definitive field. It's over 100 years of experience in the direct selling world. So we've been able to partner these two worlds and bring the best of the direct sales affiliate marketing world with the passionate social media influencing world and bring them together. That's something that we haven't seen out there yet. The best tools possible, the best platform possible that anybody, even if you weren't an established influencer, you could come here and build out a community of influencers. Anytime, anywhere, on my phone. It doesn't matter who you are, what your following is. Bella Grace is giving us all the opportunity to create a business for yourself. This is the time to take advantage of that. Yeah. So you can learn more about Bella Grace in the description below. And speaking of the description, I want to make sure that people know how to find um, some of your information because, and I'll make sure that I show this. So um, we've talked about abundance, about choice, and about I am statements. And you have this very uh, you know, particular way that you go through this I am exercise. And can people reach that through your website that is on the screen? And also it's going to be in the description. So I want to make sure many of you are going to be tuning in uh, for the replay. Yeah. And it's interesting, April, I'm going to reach out to your audience a little bit here and tell a little story that happened through LinkedIn and through mm -hmm. social media. I had someone who actually found the I am exercise and it is a, on the resources page of our website. I encourage everyone to download that and use it because if you have situations where your inner voice talks to you in a negative way, this will help you mm -hmm. and it will change how you start speaking to yourself. I had and my right. You, you have this in, in 80 different languages. No, uh, not yet. Not but yet, yeah, this yet. is interesting. I had someone reach out and their mother-in-law did not speak English and it gave me the idea. I work on an international platform. So I started reaching out to people. Right now, it is translated into 14 languages and I have people yeah. around. <laughs> I said 80. Oh my goodness. Where'd my head I'm, go? I'm striving for 200, <laughs> right? Sure, yeah. Because there's 7,000 languages that we know of that mm -hmm. are in different dialects. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, the more languages that we can get this I am exercise translated to, the more people that will be able to use this resource, shut that inner critic down and start really being good to themselves. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a really cool story. Yeah, it's been kind of interesting. It's kind of fun in a way because we've had people send us copies of this in, in a very exotic language. Like, for example, in Hindi. It's we beautiful. A, really. In Hindi, it's just a gorgeous language. And they say, there, does it look okay? <laughs> well, <laughs> did, did we translate it right? And we're like, well, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that, though. So people are reaching out to you to to get, you know, you know, to affirm that they're doing it correctly and all to yeah. that. Mm -hmm. so yeah, and it's very simple. I mean, that. It's I am, and, and it's the alphabet. I am A, I am B, I am C, D, 
And we know yeah. that doesn't translate into every language, yeah. but we're confident. Mm -hmm. And we've talked to the people who have translated it to go ahead and use, find words that mm -hmm. are similar. And it might not be their alphabet, and mm -hmm. that's okay. The meaning is the same. That's and right. it's helping people out there in different languages. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I so love that. If anybody out there speaks a different language, is, is fluent in another language, yeah, yeah. please reach out to us sure. if you would like to translate for us because we're mm -hmm. looking for all the languages we can. That's right. So I have a couple of questions. I, I have a question for Byron mm -hmm. um, because you seem like such a easygoing dude. You know, you're just kind of like, yeah, I don't really have a problem where we don't necessarily need to do I am statements. I just know that I'm capable and I do things. And <laughs> Good. That's wonderful because the rest of us can't always say that. Um, although men and women are different in many ways as well. But how, tell me a little bit, Byron, where do you find the passion in this? Because you, you both, this dynamic duo, you both are obviously very passionate about what you're doing. Byron, I want to hear your side of the story. I want to know what is your why? Yeah, well, that's a very good question. I guess I'd preface this by telling you that I was the second of 10 kids. And so it takes a lot to get me excited. You know, I, mean, I, had, my, I had my adventure really early in life. So, yeah. And from, the helicopter landing in your backyard got you excited. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and in the meantime, I decided when I was a very young kid, like seven or eight years old, I decided I wanted to be a Catholic priest. And so looking back on that, and I didn't do that, of course, I learned to fly. I, I learned to fly even higher than that. But I, looking back on all that, I've always, for some reason, I can't explain why, I've always had this impulse to elevate other people and to bring out the best in other people. Mm. I don't know where it came from. I mean, I'm happy with it. I'm thrilled with it. But I couldn't, I can't explain it to you. But, uh, and, and I'll give you an example of how that works. Um, some years ago, Mariah and I were heavily involved with the LGBTQ community. And we were kind of, we did a meager little effort to help folks achieve uh, marriage equality back in the marriage equality uh, when the Supreme Court made that ruling. And it was just an absolutely thrilling thing to see people attain that kind of equality for us. And it would have very little to do with us, but it was really wonderful to be involved in that effort. Mm. And, the way we are is we really enjoy seeing other people succeed. And in my case, I particularly enjoy seeing women succeed because quite frankly, I'm going to just go way out on a limb here. I think women should be running the world, quite frankly. Oh, so, I, I just <laughs> with all the mood swings and everything. Are you sure? <laughs> well, yes, I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so. cool. So it sounds like you've just had this innate desire to, you know, to bring out the best and like you said, lift others. But I think I got it from my mom because she was like that. She just loved helping other people. And we were, we were poor people. We didn't have any money. We were so poor that once the bank called one of their calendar back. So, you know, okay, I have I to live that. with him. <laughs> but she was just, anybody needed help, she was there. And that's where I got that mentality. And I'm, I'm thankful to her for that. So, and besides which, I live with a pretty altruistic woman. So, pretty powerful. Yes, yeah. You do. 
Mm-hmm. You both are are just absolutely beautiful and adorable. So I want to share with the audience one of the coolest things that you two do that many, many people do not do. So uh, would you like to share that? Something that you two do on a monthly, not yearly basis. Well, we learned early on that what we had was a special bond. And so we thought in order to keep it that way, we would celebrate our anniversary every month. And so we're on 277 months, Mm -hmm. which means 23 years in a month. And even when we were busy, busy, and still now, it doesn't have to be anything big. It can be something as simple as writing each other a note or a, a kind letter and going out to dinner is always a treat or going on a trip is wonderful too but getting flowers just little things really add up and Mm -hmm. always always affirm each other and validate each other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so you have had you said 277 Mm -hmm. of these okay Correct. And and I'd love to know how you're counting that if you're writing it on, down on the calendar or if you mm-hmm. just know. And I would love to know, um, and I'm sure to each of you, it's going to be a different experience, but is there a favorite? Is there a favorite experience um, out of 277? Wow. Yeah, that is quite. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, we were really, really excited about celebrating for our 20th anniversary and of course that would have been 240 and the pandemic hit (laughs) so we had a cruise that was a world cruise and we were going to do that and fortunately for us the week before we were to go on the cruise everything shut down or we would be we we might still be in the ocean circling (laughs) i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but that didn't happen so that it's kind of funny the ones Mm -hmm. that that happened were so yeah, so good, but that one little thing on the sure didn't yeah. happen. Nope. Someday, someday. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I think that there have been so many special moments and oh, yeah. and fun things. We've been to shows and we've been to concerts and, and we've traveled all over. We lived in Hawaii for three years and on a little island of Kauai, and it was just magical. And so yeah, we've had a wonderful, wonderful experience. Awesome. What would you say is, is that one of the things that has really kept you guys burning bright for one another? Yeah, that and Jats, you might call them. I think so. Yeah. We do one thing else too. We've, we've, we've killed a lot of trees. (laughs) Let me explain that. Yeah. We journal to each other. We have a, a, a notebook and we keep it on the bed and we write to each other every night. Oh, that's so and sweet. We, we hand it across the sheets, and we call it the journal across the sheets. So it's we call it the jats. The jats, yeah. Oh, that is. We've we've done it forever. Yeah. And yeah. initially, when we were really busy and kids and everything going on, we made sure that we did this at least three times a week. Yeah. Getting yeah. it back and forth. Now we. I, it's every We're night, together, yeah. yeah. Sure. And yeah. so we. Yeah send it across the sheets. I encourage people to do that too. Mm -hmm. We talk about nothing. We talk about everything. We talk about insignificant things. We talk about important things. And Mm -hmm. before I really knew about the neurodivergence, I talked about things I was scared to talk about. And he gave me a safe place 
to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that yeah, was it's had a practical value too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and I would encourage people to do it with 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 your children, with your parents, with your oh, lovers, yeah. with right. I mean that that truly is a a very good. Uh, word of advice, you know, to, to write it down because we all know the power of writing, you know, to releasing those emotions, putting it down on paper. Um, there's, there's something that psychologically really helps with doing that. And like you said, it, it's, I was writing things down that I was scared to say, to be spoken, but I'm able to write it down Mm -hmm. with, you know, pen and paper. So yeah, I think that is to, so cool. You might say it's part of a wellness-driven life. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. It sure is. Yeah. I love that title. It's yeah. so perfect, mm-hmm. yeah. too. Another thing we do is we leave each other smiley faces. <laughs> yes, we do. And we have done that for years, too. Mm-hmm. We make smiley faces out of yeah, food, yeah. out of odd things. We I've even <laughs> seen one made out of clothespins years ago. <laughs> so we leave them around. And that can be done with kids, yeah. too where you just yeah. randomly, you could put all their socks in a row and make a smiley face on their mm-hmm. bed. Yeah. And it's just an affirmation sure. of, oh, I see you and mm-hmm. I'm happy that I'm with yeah. you. Oh yeah. man, that is powerful too. I haven't heard of that one either. And what a fun household it would be to, oh, to yeah. live in that environment where you just randomly find smiley faces made out of whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I just envision myself making smiley faces out of my kids' dirty clothes. Just kind of, you know, here's something fun and also maybe pick up your dirty laundry. Sure. There you yeah. go. Yeah. That works. Yeah. That is cool. That is, that is beautiful. Thank you so much, you two, for sharing. And well, thank you for having us. Yeah. Is there anything else, any other light wisdom that you want to share with our audience today? Be well, kind. Be kind to everybody. Yes. Uh, and and, and gratitude. If, and I, I guess I should just be shameless and put another plug in for the book. The books are available on Amazon. And we encourage people to check them out if they're interested, uh, especially. I'd like the, everybody to say, Journey Well. Journey Well. You are more than enough. Yes, that's right. So we uh, we appreciate the time, April. It's been wonderful. Yes. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely. I'm going to make sure that I get that link in unless they can access it through your website, the Amazon yeah. links to your books. Yeah, yeah, they can. Yeah. Okay, excellent. So I wanted to let everybody know how to reach you. It truly has been very fun and you know, really engaging stories and definitely the last bits of, of knowledge and things that we can do to apply in our lives. That's, that's my favorite show is when we can take things and actually utilize them and try them out in our own lives in order to live a wellness driven life. So Thank you so much. <laughs> you are so welcome. And I want to say thank you so much for our listeners, for our audience. Please be sure to visit our website, www.thewellnessdrivenlifeshow.com. You'll see other resources, other links. You can get this on podcast. I love to push people more towards the YouTube channel because you get to see us and interact with us this way. If you have comments, make sure you leave your comments in the comment section below. Even after we've gone live, I will get back to you. So goodbye for now. And thank you always. And we will see you.
tomorrow. Journey well. Yeah, 